and in the midst of us. We thank you, Father God, that we know that you're here. And God, being that you're here, I thank you for manifesting yourself. God, manifest yourself with healing, with deliverance, God, with peace, God, with joy. I thank you, Father, that you are in this room. And we honor you and we glorify your presence on today, God. God, we thank you, God, that in you we move, we live, and have our beings. So, Father, today on today, I thank you that your people's hearts are open and receptive, God, to hear what the Spirit of God has to say unto them. I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. I thank you that as I open my mouth, you speak for me, you speak through me, God. I thank you, Father God, that the word will come in and quicken, God. It will make alive, God, in the name of Jesus. The word will be like a fire, Father God, devouring everything going on around us. It would be like a hammer today, breaking the rocks into pieces. It would be like a two-edged sword. God, we thank you, Father God for giving us understanding of your word even on today. And we just honor your word. And I thank you that I have been crucified, God, with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue what we started last week. Because I believe that God has more to say on what we went over last week. I don't know about you, but when we are aware of our surroundings we can see what's going on around us. And we can see that, y'all, the end time, when we look at the end times, we're living in end times because things are happening just as the word of God says that they're happening. And some of us that are living according to the world, we look at it as being nothing. We look at it as being normal. But the enemy is coming in like a flood. But we have to allow the spirit of the living God that's within us to raise up a standard against him. He's coming in and he's taking people out. And it's nothing that they're ashamed of. It's just right around us. And we have to always be watching and praying and delivering this word of life so people can be quickened and made alive. It's not about us. It's all about him and what he's done on our behalf. We didn't do anything. The only thing that we did was accept what he has done. And we could not even have accepted that if nobody didn't bring the good news, the gospel of the kingdom unto us. So if somebody gave us that good news. We have to go out and share what somebody has given us. We can't be selfish individuals. And that that you don't know, you have to go into the word of God. You have to get up under teaching so you can get the word for yourself. So as you begin to talk the word, as you begin to live the word, people will gravitate to you just like they did with Jesus and say, what must I do to be saved? The Bible said, if you call on his name. If you call on the name of Jesus, you can be saved, but you got to want to call on him. And how can somebody call on that name, believe in that name when nobody is preaching and proclaiming what his name has done on our behalf? It is time for us to quit being lazy and just laying around and death is all around us. It is time for us to quit being selfish and looking at our own lives and look at the ones that don't have Jesus you have eternal life 
But it's people that don't even know about eternal life. And we sit around just like it's some game or something. And when somebody dies, oh well. Were they say, were they? It's time for us. We're getting the word and it's time for us to be distributors of the word of God. My brother owned a, a, a bread business and he have to go get the bread. He have to put the bread in the truck. And after he do that, he have to be accountable for the bread. But after doing all that, he have to deliver this bread to different places. And when the bread get low, they knew, know who to call to get more supply. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, whatever it is, he got to get out there and he got to make those deliveries that's how it should be for us when it comes to the word of God we should make sure that we full of him so no matter where we go we can pour out what we have we're the vessel the word pours into the vessel and we bring the word out the Holy Spirit releases the power on that word for somebody to cry out and say I need Jesus but people are not crying out because people don't care let me rephrase this because I'm hearing it in my ear. Come on, don't take offense. Some people care. Is that okay? Because as soon as you say anything, you hear in your ear, well, I'm doing. But God say a little ain't just enough. A little just ain't enough. This is why Jesus died, y'all. So we could live. So there could be more of him on the earth he was one man this is why he said greater works that you shall do because all of us have the father the son and the holy spirit we have some backup y'all we even have angels that's our protectors that's helping us to deliver the word of god you're not alone but if you don't know what you have you can't help nobody, but if you're getting the word, you should know what you have and you should be ready to deliver the word. You should be crying out to say, God, if it wasn't for them bringing me the word, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to stand through my situation. Don't you know when you take care of God's business, he already done took care of yours. Do you know what that means? It means that God took care of yours 2,000 years ago. So God said, I want you to take care of what I have assigned you to take care of with, not in the building, but outside the building. You come in the building to get fed, but he said, I want you to take what you're getting and I want you to take it to the nation, take it to the world. It don't have to be in grocery stores because you got internet. You can get on Facebook live and tell somebody about Jesus. You can reach people through these tools that are free. Come on. How, how many, when people say free cheese, Everybody hear about free cheese. They hear about these places you can go to and get all this supplied. You stock up with it. Why don't we stock up with the word? Let the word get in us where we are full of the word. This is why he said, fill my cup. Fill it up until I want no more bread of heaven. See, that's what we cry out for. God, I want more of your word. And when God hear you crying out for more of his word, that's when what, whatever's in you can't remain. Because the word overpowers darkness because the word brings light in the midst of the dead situation. 
We're whining too much and we have what we need. It's time to use what we have. And first you got to believe in what you have. Oh, I'm telling you, y'all, now is the time of salvation. Right now, we got people ready to take their lives. We got people thinking that, what's the point of me being here? Nobody loved me. I don't have anything. I can't find a job. I'm just not making it. I'm not living the way I need to live. But I'm here to tell you whomever I'm speaking to. God said he made a way for you. Over 2,000 years ago, you're not alone. God said, I'm here with you right now. The only thing you got to do is call on me. And I'm telling you right now, call on him with all your heart. Call on him and he will come. He will show up and show out. He is your deliverer. He is your protector. He's the one that gives you the life that you need in the here and now. You don't have to wait to die, y'all, to have eternal life. You can have it here And now, y'all, I'm telling you, my heart is so grieved because every time I turn around, there's something going on and we're right in the midst of it. And don't you know with this, the word of life that we have, we can stop someone from taking someone else's life if we just hear what the spirit has to say. Amen. Oh, we honor God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go back to the same scripture I went over before. Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 9. Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 9. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Oh, let's just stop right there. You got to be willing and ready to do the will of God. He said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. I I feel a a surge right there. I have to stop. Who in this place have come to do his will? Not yours, but his will. This is why when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, he felt all of this pain and agony and going through. Do you know how when tragedy come in your life or When you're down and out and you feel like you can't make it, you're just overwhelmed with anxieties, with cares, with fears. But then when you look to him and say, Father, I come to do your will, your will, God, not my will, but let your will be done. Jesus cried out to the father. He said, God, let your will be done, not my will. Jesus said, I want this cup to pass from me if it's your will, father. He said, if it's your will, he was willing to lay down his life for people, y'all, that weren't worth laying down his life for. So he started out and said, Father, I come to do your will. He said, he taketh away the first, which is that law, that he may establish the second. That first have to be taken away. I'm going to stop right there. If you are still trying to prove yourself, if you're still trying to work it out yourself, you cannot do it. And until you realize you can't do it, even though the second has been established, you won't receive what he's already done. He said, I have come to take away the first so the second can be established. I want to ask you, what are you still trying to do? And if you're trying to do it, you're not. Except in what he's already done. 
He said, I got to take away the first so the second will be established. Then he goes on to say, by the which we are sanctified, set apart, made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The Bible said, y'all, we are sanctified, set apart, made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. It wasn't even you. It was him. He died once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, offering times the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. I got to stop right there again. Because that's what we're doing every day. We're trying to give God something to get something. We're standing before God every day begging and pleading. Heal me, God. Deliver me, God. Take this away from me. Every day we're asking God to do something. God, I'll do this if you do that. But we don't have to do this for God to do that. Because Jesus done it all once and for all. It was Jesus that did this. Not us. It was him. It was done once and for all. I want you to grab this. If you grab this, everything else is already done. Once you grabbed hold to Jesus, you have everything else that you need. He said it's done once and for all. He said, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice to sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You may be seated. This man, which is Jesus, once he done what God sent him to do, which he died for sins once and for all, he took away for those sins once and for all, mean that it was done away with. Everything was done. Everything was taken care of for once and all. And he sat down. He sat down because it was nothing else that needed to be done. So what am I saying? Why are we still trying to do things that he's already done? We're trying to do it because we don't realize that Jesus took away the first to establish the second. And until you realize that, you're still going to be offering up sacrifices to him trying to do something to get rid of something that he's already gotten rid of. So we have to understand that we wasn't even good enough for God to use to take away sins of the world. Jesus, who knew no sin, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. And and the reason why we have to keep going over this over and over again, because we tend to forget that when things pop up in our lives, we tend to forget what Jesus have already done. Jesus have already overcome the world. That's why he tell us to be of a good cheer. Jesus said, I have already overcome everything in the world. So when you accept me and you know what I have already overcome, yes, it's going to try to come in your life, but you don't have to stay in that place with those things because I have already taken care of those things. 
He dealt with sin once and for all. Sin was separating us. Sin was a barrier between us and God. We could not have fellowship with God because of sin. So God sent Jesus to do away with sin so we could stand before the Father, not because of us, but because of what Jesus done. And once we grab hold to that, we can recognize that no matter how bad I mess up, he don't see me. He already saw his son. So when I come to him in Jesus name, it ain't about me. It's about what his son done. So you don't have to stay in that place that you're in feeling like you got to make it right because you messed up. When he dealt with sin once and for all, that means that sin was taken away through his blood. So sin is not what's holding us from getting to heaven. What's holding us is accepting what Jesus done for us. So by people not accepting Jesus, that's what sent them to hell, not sin, because he paid the price for sin once and for all. And the price was paid and Jesus sat down. The priest stand daily because they had to sacrifice sins for sin morning and at night. They were standing daily, but Jesus sat down. So God is telling you today, you don't have to keep standing. You don't have to keep trying to do something to get something done. Rest in him. When you're resting in him, you're not walking the floor. You're not feeling as if I have to do this for it to get done. Have you ever told people, if I don't do it, it'll never get done. You, we act like we're the only ones that can do anything. And we put the burden on other people, making them feel like they're insufficient, making them feel like we're better than what than they are. But Jesus, who knew no sin, there was not a trace of sin in him. An innocent man laid down his life for us. Why? Because he loved us. So if we can grab hold to his love and what he has done for us, y'all, we wouldn't be in the places that we are in today. We wouldn't be selfish. We wouldn't be self-righteous. We wouldn't be trying to exalt ourselves. We wouldn't be backbiting. We wouldn't be sowing discord amongst our brothers and sisters. We wouldn't be doing the things we do when we know about his love and how he demonstrated his love for us even while yet we were sinners. He laid down his life for us. He proved his love saying, I'm not going to wait on you to get it right. I'm just going to lay down my life because I love you so much. That's an un unconditional love that's love that we didn't have to work for we didn't have to earn because God gave us his grace but we appropriate grace through faith and it's not of our own works it is the gift of God so God want to encourage you today to let you know you're not alone you're not alone the price have already been paid and when we go back and we look at how paradise was set up Adam and Eve had everything that they need and the enemy didn't want them to have what God had already given them because he wanted authority he wanted to rule he wanted to reign that's why he got thrown out of heaven because he wanted to take God's place he wanted to take God's position so how is he doing this he's doing this through us because when we don't know 
know who we are now that we're in Christ when we're not renewing our mind having our minds transformed and changed and not being conformed to this world but being transformed change the enemy come in and still kill and destroy and we give him right to do whatever he want to do in our lives not only in our lives but other people lives because soon as you open the door to sin he come in he don't come in with just one he rush in with a lot of them because he said i got to hold you bound but god is telling you that you shouldn't be entangled with sin with the yoke of bondage because you are free you are liberated and you're supposed to stand stand free in liberation you're supposed to stand saying god i am free in you but what is happening even until the church the church is following the patterns of the world the way the world is doing things so when the world see us doing what they're doing they don't want what you have when they see you acting like they're acting, they don't want what you have. They trying to catch you on a bad day because they'll use that one thing on you and trip you up to let people know what they're speaking ain't true. See, people wait on you to mess up. Why? Because if you're carriers of truth, they want to put some deceit in there to let people look at you differently so you can't continually do what God has sent you to do. And you don't have to be afraid of nobody watching you because when you get into the word of life and the word get in you, that's just your new way of living. That's your new way of doing. So you don't have to turn around to see who's looking. You don't have to be condemned you don't have to feel guilty because you're living according to the new you your new life in christ i'm telling you if you try the word and you live by the word you ain't worrying about what people say and how they say it you ain't trying to justify yourself no more because he justified you he sanctified you he reconciled you he redeemed you it was nothing that you did except except what he done for you so quit trying to make excuses of why I'm not doing this, why I'm not doing that. Go into the effects of sin. Going back to the Garden of Eden, y'all. When you look in that garden and they had everything that they needed. But the enemy knew how to come into that garden and get what he want. He know how to come in. He cannot touch your spirit. Your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. Your spirit is full of God, but he's coming in in the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. He said, if I can get in that area, he said, it's going to affect the body. So it's going to make you feel like you just ain't saved. And that's what he's doing. So when he come into paradise, see, the enemy watch you first. He watch how he can dominate you. He watch to see what is your weakest areas and he used those weak areas against you see adam and eve only had one command one y'all and eve heard the command because she was a part of that one man adam he said don't eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil because god knew everything i have made is good and when he finished he said it is very good and the enemy knew it was very good. But he said, you know what? 
What I have to do is grab hold to what he told them, which is the word, and that's how they're going to fall. He said, because the word is what's keeping them. The word is what's giving them life. The word is what's quickening them. And that's how God operates through the word. So I'm going to take the very thing that gives, y'all don't hear me. I'm going to take the very thing that gives them life. And that's what I'm going to use against them to get my dominion. And that's what he's using against you. So what he does, he come in and twists the word. When you going through and you take the word of God and you know what the word's saying and you begin to speak that word, seem like the pain, it, it, it gets stronger or seem like the finances, seem like everything coming at you. But guess what? The word will always work above those things. So he began to take Eve and say, did God really say you can't eat? From that tree. And we just like Eve tried to prove ourselves to people. We tried to make people think. I know what God said. Pride already. We try to make people know. I know the word just like you. You can't tell me. So she began to tell him. What God said. And it's a good thing to let him know. What God is saying. But then he began to talk to Eve to the point Eve began to look at something that she know that she don't even suppose to eat from. And as she began to put her eyes on it, how about you? You begin to put your eyes on something that God say, turn away from that. You hear in the spirit of the Lord when he say, turn away from that. Turn that television off. Don't you go that way no more. Go home. You don't need to be at the mall today. But you see more of what you saw than you're hearing what the word is saying. So Eve began to look at that tree. She began to lust for that tree. This is called the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And as she began to grab hold, this is what the enemy used. He tempted you with these three things. This is what is in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All of these things are in the world. And the enemy used these as temptations. When she put her eyes on it, it was pleasant to her. She saw it was good to eat. And then she began to say, when I eat from that tree, because the enemy say the day that you eat from that tree, you're going to be like God. She was already created in the image of God. We tend to forget who we are because the enemy tell us it's okay to do that. God is still going to love you. But God told you what not to do because when you do it, you inviting something in your life that Jesus already done away with and you're going to go through for what you did. God is still there with you, but you're going to go through for what you let in your life. And the enemy know that. You're going to spend more time trying to get out of what you got in and then you're going to be whining and complaining and saying, God, where are you? Where were you when this happened? The enemy knows this through that one act of being disobedient to God and partaking in something that God told them not to partake in. And this is how it worked. Y'all catch this. Eve is the one that the enemy was talking to. He may be talking to you. One individual in the church, just one person. And Eve didn't shut him down. 
she began to grab hold to what he was saying. So she didn't want to partake in it by herself. She had to get somebody else to partake in what God said don't partake in. And because that was her husband, he felt like it was his right, his duty to support his wife. Because remember, he said, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. He said he was leaving mother and father. He was going to cleave unto his wife. He realized that Eve was his wife. So the enemy even used that on him. That's my wife. My wife ain't going to give me nothing that's going to harm me. But what did God say? You out of the will of God. And he partook of what God told him not to partake of. This is happening in the church today. You get one person that's out of order. And that one person is going to try to get you to eat what they're eating, which is darkness, which is sin. And the moment that you bite into what they're doing, then it goes to you. Then you give it to somebody else what they gave you. And then it starts corrupting the body of Christ. See, the enemy knows what he's doing. And we fall prey to what the enemy is doing. But by the time we do it, the damage is already done. By the time we realize, I shouldn't have done it. You done martyred somebody's reputation. You done hurt somebody in the body of Christ. That was an innocent bystander that what you heard wasn't truth. But you began to tell everybody what you heard and you didn't know it was true yourself. But you partook in that sin. That's how the enemy rolled. This is the effect of sin here on the earth. But the enemy got to start in the church. Why? Because he already got the world, y'all. The world is already serving him. What he don't want from us is for us to go out into the world and give them truth so they can come out of the world and come into the kingdom of light instead of the kingdom of darkness. He's trying to keep them. And the way he's keeping them, he's feeding them lies through the internet, through the television, through the radio, through all kinds of stuff. He's feeding them and saying it's okay. You got to be like this one because if you don't, you ain't fitting in. And if you want to fit in, this is what you have to do. This is why we have all of this violence because people are missing what they need in the home and they're trying to find it in other places and they're going in the world and there's always a devil set up somewhere to say, I got what you need. I can love you. I can be here for you. Because when you got things missing in your life, you're trying to find the things that's missing and the world always have a replacement for it. And this is why we have to stay in our place, y'all. We have to stay in our place to know who we are on a daily basis. You got to get like Brother Willie. You got to get in front of the mirror and say, who are you? What's your name? You got to stay in that mirror and you got to look at yourself. And say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I used to live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and who died for me. I'm not the same person I used to be. I may look the same. I may talk the same. But I'm not the same person. I'm a new person 
in Christ Jesus. That's who you are today. You were created in the image of God. The picture you see in the mirror, that ain't you. Because that don't represent him. That's your shell. You are in him. You have to look in that mirror every day. And you got to tell yourself who you are. Because if you don't tell yourself who you are, the enemy going to tell you who you are. And you're going to start believing what the enemy is saying more than what the word of God is saying. Some people get in the mirror, I look good. I know I look good. Look at me. I'm in my 70s and I'm still looking good. Somebody want this. I know they want this. This is real. They got to build they self up to say they look good. And the more they build they self up, they go out and you got young chicks after a 70 year old. Because they done built their self up to believe I look good. I can still pull them. 20 years old with 70 year olds. Taking care of them. And they trying to do all they can do to take care of them. That's why people dying early because of Viagra. Come on, I'm making it real. Because they're trying to keep up with young folk. They're trying to say they still got it going on. Chains so long, they can't even carry them. That's why their backs is humped, though. <laughs> trying to wear things that they don't need to be wearing no more. Because they're still trying to be like the world. You in the world, but you not. You in the world. You in the world. You in the world. You in the world. Come on, every day you need to say, I'm in it, but I'm not of it. We need a t-shirt on that. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. And that's what we got to realize. I'm in this world, but I don't do what the world does. There's supposed to be a difference with us. There's supposed to be a light in us that's shining in the midst of darkness. We're supposed to be a city that's sitting on a hill for the whole world to see. That even when they're in darkness, they look up and they see that light and they're gravitated towards that light. And this is why, you know, when people die, they say, I saw a light. I saw a light. Come to the light. Come to the light. Then they say they get to the light and say, it ain't your time yet. I want you to go back and tell somebody you almost got to the light. It's time for change. Oh, ain't God good? He said, because I want to use you. And I want to use you to tell people it wasn't your time and let them know that it don't have to be their time either until they're ready to accept what I already done. Come on, y'all. This is some effects that come from sin. And when you know the effects of sin and what sin does, the Bible said the penalty for sin is death. The wages of sin, y'all, is death. Jesus paid the price. He paid the ransom, which was his own self. He had to be crucified. His blood had to be shed for sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus was literally slaughtered, crucified. Jesus was torn. Y'all, I'm telling you, he was bruised. He took on all of this stuff for us 
because he loved us. You think about, people don't even think about that could have been me. Me and my husband was watching this movie. I think it was Bonanza. Y'all, Bonanza is pretty good. We was, you can't hardly find nothing on TV. But we was watching it. Oh, was it Big Valley? I don't know which one it was, but I'm going to tell you. God will show you some stuff and show you just how the enemy is. In this scene, this guy wanted this girl. But the girl already had a guy. But he kept messing with the girl. And her, her guy kept fighting him, letting him know, you know, to leave her alone. Oh, he didn't want to do that. So when the girl got off work and the, the, the guy was there with her, the, the man that wanted her came in and killed her, shot her dead. She died. So his daddy, he was high in rank, so he thinking, I'm not going to serve no time because of who my daddy is. That was his way of thinking. So when they took him in, he was so high and mighty and so proud because of his upbringing he was telling them, fix me coffee. I'm going to get you when I get out of here. He was so sure. I'm getting out of here because they ain't going to be able to hold me because who my daddy is. So he didn't see his daddy in three days. You know, he's still talking junk because he feel like I'm getting out of here because they was going to hang him for the murder. Never said he was sorry. Never had no remorse. Never said he'd done it, but somebody saw him do it. The daddy come back and could not get him off. Oh, he start crying like a baby. Start whining. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me, daddy. You got to do something, daddy. You got to do something. So his daddy said, I got to try. Now, he cried like a baby, told him he didn't want their slop, basically, their food. He wasn't going to eat their food. But after that, daddy told him he couldn't get him off. He was a baby, crying like a baby. So then his daddy said, I got one more thing that I'm going to try. They transport him to the place to kill him, y'all. He waiting on his daddy to come to get the good news. His daddy came and he said, I can't help you. So he, he just lost it. He said, they're going to hang me, daddy. They're going to hang me. His daddy said, take it like a man. He said, you know what your name is. Take it like a man. He was still whimpering. Let me tell you what his daddy did. His daddy talked to the sheriff. And the sheriff came and told the, the, the guy, his son, he said, you know what? Your daddy fixed it for you. He um, sold about everything that he had. He gave me $5,000. Um, he told me to tell you to take this $1,000. We're going to fake your hanging, and then you can leave. He said, yeah, I can go to Mexico. He said, yeah, you can go to Mexico. So he took the 1000 and then when he got ready to go to the hanging, he was proud, walking proud, because he knew I'm getting off. But guess what? His daddy set it up. He wanted him to look proud. He set it up with the sheriff. They killed his son. The sheriff gave him back the $1,000. What am I saying to you today? The enemy is setting you up. The enemy making you feel like what you doing is okay. But what you doing brings death. And one way or the other, you're going to get caught up in what you doing. It looks like it's good. It looks like you got away with it. But I'm telling you today, and I want you to hear this because this is a warning. Whatever is hidden is getting ready to be revealed. You're going to get left holding the bag. And everything that you work for is going to go down the drain. And you're going to have to start all over if you're still living. 
God is bringing this in this house for a reason. You can't keep playing these games. You can't keep lying, cheating, and stealing, and backbiting, and manipulating, save, and think that you're okay. Because you're getting ready to get caught up in your game. Some people are so used to it, and it's become a part of them, that they're saying, I'm okay. They think they're telling the truth, but you are being deceived. So once they ate from the tree that God told them not to eat from, y'all, they were naked before and wasn't ashamed. They wasn't ashamed because it was no guilt there. There was no condemnation there. They were liberated. They were free. Spirit, soul, and body was free. They had no shame in their game to walk around naked because they were in him. They were clothed in him. Then after they sinned, they saw that they were naked. There was fear. There was guilt. There was condemnation. All of that began to come in, and they began to hide from God. That's what some of us Christians do. We think we're hiding from God. God knew when you were going to do it before you were going to do it. That's why he paid the price for what you're doing right now. Because he knew you were going to mess up. Even being saved, he knew you were going to mess up. But the only thing he's waiting on you to do is say, God, whoa, it is me. Yes, Lord, I did something that I should not have done. And God, I turning from it. And the only way you can turn from it is recognize is you. Nobody made you do it. You got a will. God did not stop Adam and Eve from doing what he knew they were going to be doing. He didn't. He gave them a will. He gave them a choice. Here go that tree. You got a choice. Choose the day home you're going to serve. You know why he put it in front of them? Because God said, I'm going to see where you are. Some things are put in front of you to see if you're going to gravitate. To test you, to prove you. To see if you're in the place that you... Now, he ain't going to put no sickness there. He ain't going to give you all that to say... Let's see if you're going to say you're healed. God ain't like that. But what I'm saying, you have some testing in your life to see whom you're going to serve. You can't serve two masters, y'all. Come on, playing church is over. We may come to church every Sunday. We may participate in everything the church doing. But everybody got issues that got to be dealt with. And when you don't deal with those issues, it runs rapid in the body of Christ. That's why you have a person like little old me to let you know that ain't the right way. Amen. Little old me give you a chance to get it right. You. Don't y'all know? That's why God bring the word in the house. To give you an opportunity so you won't say, I didn't hear it. He give you the word so you can hear the word so you can check you. To say, you talking to me? You already know what God is saying. But the problem is, are you going to honor God by what he's saying? So everything began to come out sin became prevalent right there with Adam and Eve and guess what happens with sin y'all y'all this is this is just the finale right here 
Both of them guilty. Both of them wrong. Y'all, let me tell you something. If you're in a car with somebody and you heard that they wasn't right, but you got in that car, somebody warned you and told you the person you're with ain't right, you don't need to hang with them. You don't need to be around them. Stay from around them. They're not right. God will warn you. But you say, no, that's my friend. They got a job. They work every day. They're so respectful. You know, they're nice. They're they real nice. So your friend one day said, hey, can you ride with me somewhere? It won't take long. I, I'll bring you back. I'll bring you back home. Can you go with me? Sure, I'll go with you. You in the car with them. All of a sudden, the cops behind them. Unmarked car. Turn on the light, pull over. You over there on the passenger side, and they're saying, well, what are they pulling us over for? You ain't speeding, and I don't know why they're pulling me over. I don't know what the problem is. Cop come in and get them out the car and search the car, and there's drugs. And you looking at the person like, I didn't know they had drugs, but you're going to get some time too. Because you got warned. When God told you through somebody, stay from around that person. No, they're respectful. They work. They do what they need to do. They always come into school. Yeah, they come into school because they delivering right there in school. They ain't letting you know because they really want you as a friend. But a friend don't do nobody like that. A friend tell you, look, you want to go somewhere with your life. But my life is tore up right now, so don't get in my car. I ain't telling you what I'm doing, but you can't go with me today. That's a friend. Now, there you are in jail trying to prove yourself that you didn't have nothing to do with it. Now, the friend that say that they're your friend, they begin to put it off on you. They put that in my car. I didn't even know they had it. Is your word against their word. Both of you gone. What am I saying to you today? It's like that in the church. The church have gotten so contaminated and trying to tell people what to do and they leaving out of the church and living like they don't know Jesus. Who want to hear what you got to say? How can you tell your children to come to church? You're the church and you should be the church in your home. You telling them what's right and you're ducking and dodging and slipping everything in. You shouldn't be slipping in and doing crooked stuff you shouldn't be doing. And your children watching it and yet you telling them what they don't supposed to be doing. Oh, y'all, we coming in hard now. We're coming in hard now because if we're going to be about his business, we need to be about his business. If we're going to speak something, we need to be doing what we're speaking or we don't need to say nothing. We need to cover all our bases and, and don't, don't tell me, now you know, people fall short. Yes, they do, but you got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to get it right if you want his help. So here go the next part, y'all. This is the effects of sin. Everybody had a reason. What did old Adam say? No, first the woman say, that snake, that serpent, she blamed it on the serpent. 
The man blamed it on his wife. The serpent, he didn't care. He done his job. I'm through. I got what I come here for. It don't matter what you do. I know where I'm going, but I'm taking some people with me. And I'm taking the two you created. Because they disobeyed you, so I got what I want. So he laughing. But God, come on. God ain't crazy. He ain't stupid. He already had a plan because guess what? God said, you don't think I know. Y'all better catch this, that man is going to mess up. So he killed an animal. <laughs> God already had a plan. He, he had a plan of redemption. Killed an animal. Blood was shed. Covered them. See, he atoned for them already. Because what he was telling them was, you can't stay up in here. Because now my spirit have departed from you. You got to go back outside the garden. He said, but I done made a plan for your redemption. And the only thing you got to do is grab hold to the plan I made for you. But now the world is going to be so corrupt. Adam, the only thing you had to do was speak in that garden to dress it and to keep it. You had to watch over that garden with my word. But now you're going to have to toll. And now Eve, you're going to have pain in childbirth. And now Eve, man is going to rule over you on the earth. Because of all this that you've done, now you're going to feel the effects of sin. And sin was so bad, y'all, that God had to get another man. He had to create another generation. Think about it. After Adam and Eve, here come their firstborn, Cain. Cain ended up being the first murderer, killing his own brother. Look at the effects of sin. Then after that, it went down the line. Another person say, if Cain have slain one, how many did he slain? He became a murderer and act like it was normal. Then it went on down the line, y'all. And look, God had to find another righteous person that was going to take heed to his word. Y'all know it got to Noah, right? And he told Noah, he said, I'm going to kill everything that's on the earth. The earth has become so corrupt. He said, every imagination and the thoughts of men's hearts is evil continually. That means all the time, the plans, the purposes, everything that they think about is evil. He said, so I got to destroy everything on the earth. He said, but this is what I want you to do, Noah. And Noah had to take heed to that command. And Noah began to build an ark, wasn't a builder, but he believed in God more than he believed in himself. And then he began to preach righteousness, even to the ones that was around him. They didn't want to hear Noah. But God said, I want you to take you, your sons, their wives, your wife in the ship, two of every kind of animal. He said, because I'm going to repopulate this earth. He said, when, when all of this get done, when Noah finished, he said, now, God shut the door. What am I telling you? You are protected in Jesus. You are protected because you have accepted his way in your spirit. So when he shut the door, they could not come in. Everything died. And when everything was all over with, Noah began to do a sacrifice, a burnt offering unto God. And when he done that, God gave him a covenant. He said, I will not destroy the earth. He showed him a rainbow as that covenant, as again with water. But it will be fire. But guess what? Even through all of that, repopulating the earth, Noah was good, but Noah got drunk. 
See, all of us do do some things, don't we? Got him a little vineyard and the man got drunk. Laid in his, in his tent naked. There go one of his sons coming in talking about his daddy being naked to the other brothers. The other brothers walk backwards to respect their daddy. Kids don't have no respect. Some kids, they see what's going on in the parents' house and go out and say, let me do what my mama and daddy do. But then the one that told that on his daddy, he got cursed. Look how the effects of sin came. All the way through, there was an effect dealing with sin that they had to deal with because of that one command. I want you to hear me. It was so bad that if you broke one, you broke them all. You had to keep everything that God said. You break one, you broke them all, and you're just as good as dead. God said, and this is the thing, sin was so prevalent. They were so used to sin. They didn't look at it as sin. They looked at it as a way of living. How do we look at things today that we in the world? It's a way of living. This is what everybody else is doing. I was telling them yesterday in the marriage and singles conference, growing up, you better not talk about being pregnant. You better not even appear that your stomach getting big because you just feel like you're dead, like you committed a crime. These day and times, they walk around like it's normal. And we have gravitated to it. Oh, when you do? When, when is your time? Like it's normal. When is your time? What you having? No, somebody need to let them know truth. We need to let them know. Let me tell you the effects of sin. Let me tell Okay, let's talk. Who is the father of your baby? Where, and you know, you know the solution that we get now? It's time for y'all to get married. Nah, it ain't. Because they ain't going to stay married. They're going to have more babies married. Then the daddy going to get tired of the mama. The mama going to get tired of the daddy. Now you got a broken home. Now you got kids running rapid trying to find love that they didn't have in the beginning. Y'all better know the effects of sin. Don't think it's cute because you got grandbabies coming in the world. Yes, I love my grandbabies. But I'm going to tell you, that's a no now. And I'm not going to help you participate to have another one. And you ain't bringing them over here for you to go to the movies and out to eat. You watch them kids. And don't say I'm wrong. Grow up, baby. If you had them, keep them. Look in the mirror. How old are you? Yes, I'll help you. But you ain't going to kill my life because that's what you chose. I love you, but them your babies. Now I'll teach you how to raise them babies. Y'all look at me backwards, corner-eyed, everything you want to look at me. Come on, I'm tired of this mess. We church people are letting them do, you, you know, they, they grown. If you're grown, be a man and woman. Raise them. I'm going to tell you how to comb the hair. Tell you how to brush the teeth. Because you should know all this. Call me and say, Mama, they ain't feeling good. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray for them. But you ain't got that yet. Give them the Tylenol. I ain't playing. But some grandparents, bring them on. No, you don't. Come on, my little grandbaby now. I love her, I love her, I love her. You know what she'll say? Me, Ma. Can I come to your house? 
I said, no, baby, you can't come to me, my house. Me, my house study. What you studying for me, ma? I said, me, my study, because she got to preach to the people, Yana. She said, oh, now I know. <laughs> she asked me. She asked me, can she come to my house? And the little face, can I, me, ma? Where your daddy? Where your mom? Mama, I'm getting off early. Come pick up your babies. No, I'm telling you the truth. If they, if, if Lucy got untied, open up. What, what, what did I say? What did I call him? If Peter come out of his pants and Lucy get untied and they decide to come together, when them babies pop up and pop out, Lucy and Peter get to work like you were working before you had them. Now this is the truth. Nobody want to hear the truth. They think you're wrong. We ain't wrong. Don't get me wrong. I help my children. I love my children. But you're going to know what's right and what's wrong. I'm going to speak truth in love. And you ain't staying over my house. You come in my house and ain't got nowhere to go. You're going to pay rent. You're going to probably have some security cameras. Come on, that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I have a right to be with my husband. You don't have that right. And people look at me like I'm crazy. We got to be there for these young folk. Some of them don't even know how to cook and clean and make up a bed and got babies in their own. Don't know how to work and trying to have a baby. Don't even have nowhere to put the baby. Kids sleeping in cars. And then you crying, I'm going to lose my baby. Come on, this is for re- These are the effects of sin. This don't make no sense, y'all. Jesus made a way for us. He died for all this foolishness. We got to show them the way of the kingdom, not the way of the world. And when you always helping them and gravitate, come on, you got to show them nobody helped me. When I decided to have a child, I was there with my child. I didn't just drop my child off because I wanted to have a honeymoon. When you decide to have a child, even when you get married, you better think about who's going to keep that baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, mama, we, we family planning and we got it right. I was married. Now, oh, you is. And we're going to have us a child. Oh, you are. Who's keeping it? Did you plan? Who's keeping your child? Is that in your planning? Because my days are, let me spell it for you, O-V-E-R. What's the sound of O? Say O. Do the sound of O. That's how Yana do. She go, oh, oh, over. If you want to grow up, grow up. Don't be putting nothing on nobody else because you feel like. 
It's your time. That man sitting over there, he's a living witness. I didn't drop my kids off because I could. Mm -mm. No, I didn't. Those were my kids. And even when I felt like I wanted to do something, I felt guilty to give them to my daddy or to give them to Eileen because I knew those were my kids. Me and my husband didn't have honeymoons or vacations when we had our kids. Or whatever I did, my kids was with me. Because those were my kids. They done raised us. He ready for his life not to have an army behind him. And they my kids. And I'm out in the Bahamas getting ready to have another child. No. If you're going to plan something, plan it right, but leave me out of it. Knock, knock. Hey, me, ma. Baby, I come to take you out, but I'm going to bring you back home. This is mixed up and messed up. I'm not telling you not to love your grandkids. No. I'm not telling you not to help your grandkids because it's not the kid's fault that the parents make bad decisions and it shouldn't be on the kids, but it is. But God always have a way, but you got to show them the right way. You got to show them how to raise those kids the right way. Don't just do it and thinking that they think I can, I got it going on because I still can do what I want. Effects of sin. You're just saying, what hotel you going to tonight pick the very best one you can pick come back and get them when you want to matter of fact let them spend the night no don't take Pete out tonight y'all think I'm playing you have to let them forewarn them to let them know I know you I want you to look at everything you're going through now that should teach you you ain't ready for no more kids Can you take care of them? Can you clothe them? Can you feed them without social services? Can you do it without social services? Because by the way, buddy, we paying your taxes for you to get what you're getting. Come on, y'all, I'm helping you. People paying taxes, people mad. People mad. People getting $1,000 worth of food stamps. How y'all think the food stamps coming about? Some money got to come from somewhere. It's okay to get help to get you to a place. But don't stay in that place. It's our job as the church to help them come out of that place and not stay in that place. And it's good that we can get things. Y'all don't get me wrong. But once you get the word... You ain't going to rely on those things no more. You're going to rely on the word. So God said there was an effect, y'all, from sin. It went through the generation. So guess what God had to do? These people had the audacity to tell God. God gave them a choice. In Exodus 19, he said, tell God everything that he asked us to do, we'll do it. (laughs) Oh, they messed up. So that's when the law come in. And Moses had to give them laws because these people didn't know nothing about no sin. So what happened when the law come in, it let them know they were in the need of a savior. They couldn't keep the law. So the law brought about sin, y'all. That was the purpose of the law, to show them that they needed help. 
But now because of Jesus, we ain't up under the law. We up under grace. He didn't do away with the law, come to do away with it. He fulfilled it because we could not fulfill all of God's standards. That's why God gave us his grace, his mercy. And it come through Jesus Christ. But how do we appropriate it? Through faith. So what am I telling you today, y'all? The world is in a mess. Can you not see it? Can you not see the effects of sin all around us? We're supposed to be the one to bring in truth so they can have light in the midst of darkness so blind eyes will be open to the unbelievers so the glory of the light of the gospel can shine through. What am I saying? None of us in this room is perfect. We all got some hidden agendas. We all got some things where we're ducking and dodging, lying and still doing what we don't supposed to do. But when you get your mind renewed, you should be turning away from those things. You shouldn't be doing the same things you used to do. He knew that sometime you would mess up. He said, that's why I'm forgive you past, present, and future. But when you mess up, acknowledge that you messed up. Close that door so the enemy won't have inroad to put more mess in your life. When you know what's right and you choose not to do what's right, I got something to tell you, it's sin. When you know that you, what's right and you choose not to do what's right, it's sin. I'm repeating myself. Because it's people that know what to do what's right, but they choose not to do it. You are still in sin. Let me give you a good one. When you know that you're supposed to forgive somebody, and you don't do it. What you call that? Excuse me? Say it again. So how can you be more holy than somebody else who's doing wrong when you know what's right and you ain't? Tell me somebody. Help me out. Somebody help me. But we find an excuse. Because I'm saved. But you in the wrong. So how can you look at them like they're so dirty? And you come to Christ and he don't look at you that way. When people come to Christ, we expect them to be more than they ever can be. He know you can't be more than you ever could be. He knew that you were going to mess up. So the blood was shed for past, present, and future sins. But you can be more than that you are through your spirit. But the only way you can do it is through the word of God. You have to be willing to change. Come on, let's just face the facts. Some of us don't want to let go of our mess. We love doing what we do. Because it make us feel good. I'm going back to the works of the flesh. Whatever your flesh want, you want to give it to it. Sometimes people flesh love gossip. It make them feel important. It make them feel good because they got the latest. And it just feel good that I knew before you knew. I get the news before you get it. That make people feel good. But it's sin. Go back with me to Galatians. Let's look at Galatians 19, 519. First go to 13. It said, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. That's freedom. 
Only use not liberty, freedom for an occasion, that means opportunity, to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. You know what that verse is saying? Just because you are free, just because you have freedom, that don't give you the right to sin. That gives you the right from sin. Just because you are free, just because you are liberated, that does not give you the opportunity to sin. That gives you the opportunity from sin. Meaning that Jesus liberated you. He freed you. It was by God's grace that you're free. But don't allow that freedom to give you an opportunity to sin. Some people think just because they're free, I have a right to do what I want to do. Because he already paid the price for it. So I can still do what I want to do. That's verse 13. But it say by love serve one another. Why is he saying by love? Because it was by love that you were made free. It was by his love that you were redeemed, that you were reconciled, that you were justified, that you were sanctified. So if we know his love, guess what? We're able to love one another through his love, through what he's done for us. We won't be looking at people cross-eyed. Because we know what his love done for us. Because I know what my love do for me. I can't look down on somebody who's messing up. I have to lift them up. I have to encourage them in the things of the Lord and say, I done some things I shouldn't do. May not be what you're doing now, but sin is sin. But once I recognize what he done for me, I chose to turn away from things that's still trying to come through my flesh. Whatever you feed your flesh, your flesh going to want it. That's what your flesh going to gravitate to. I got something to tell y'all. Y'all know we talk about gluttony is a sin, right? Did anybody know gluttony is a sin? Gluttony is a sin. We made friends with gluttony. Every day we make friends with gluttony. Taste something good. You just say, give me some more of that. Or you wait when you go to a buffet. This is what you do. We'll sit there, talk a little bit, laugh a little bit, let that digest a little bit, and people waiting on you to leave. This is all you can eat. But I didn't mean all you can eat. You sit there, you sit there, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Then you go up and get two, three more, four plates. Then you know how you find out it's a sin? You get sick behind it. If you don't get sick behind it, you think you're okay. But when you overindulge yourself and get sick and have to lay down, oh, don't talk about food. Don't even mention food. I don't even want to see food. I think about food and want to puke. Come on. That's gluttony. In case you didn't know, gluttony was a sin. So how can you tell a liar to quit lying and you eating hard as you can while you telling them to quit lying? Now, you know that you shouldn't be lying. Now, you know we didn't raise you to lie. You should just go on and tell the truth. Now, get up there and give me another piece of pork chop. <laughs> and then you're still talking to them about lying. Ever since i known you, you were lying. This lying, it must go through your generation. You talking and eating, talking and eating. Now, how many pieces of pork chop left up there? Two? Bring me another piece of pork chop. Then you keep talking about lying, and then you think about Man, I better eat some more of them potatoes with that pork chop. Uh, wait right there. Give me some more of them potatoes. This is what we do. 
We're doing things that we should not be doing, but we're telling somebody else what they should not do. Look at your neighbor and say, it's candid camera. You got caught. God see us, y'all. And, and guess what? He chastised those whom he loved. Just know today that God loves you. He loves me. I have to see me before I can tell you what God is telling me. That's why we say, search us, Lord, and see if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's anything in me that's not of you. By the way, can you hear the Holy Spirit say, you know? <laughs> you know? This is the truth. You already know. Y'all heard the story Daddy tell about the parrot. Can't tell it like he tell it. The person was ugly, and every time the parrot seen the person, he would call the person ugly, and, and the person would say, I'm going to tell your master, and he would still call him ugly. So got in front of the master, and the bird finally told the master, looked at her, said, you know. <laughs> he done told her long enough. So what am I telling you? When you come to me, I'm going to say, you already know. Because what? You know because you're asking me, so you know something. You wouldn't be asking me if you didn't know something was going on with you. Am I a liar? You know. Am I a fornicator? You know. Am I committing adultery because I'm doing this? You already know. Come on, answer them that way. Am I a gossiper? You know. Somebody had to tell you that for you to ask me. We try to justify what we do. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. Listen at this right here in verse 14. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Sometimes we got to ask our question, how can I love the neighbor as thyself and I only love me? But if you bite, listen at this. And devour one another. Take heed that ye be not consumed of one another. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you live according to the spirit. You live in according to the word. Because the spirit only bear witness to the truth. So in order for you to walk in the spirit. You got to live according to the word. And then the flesh won't be coming in devouring you. You ain't giving flesh an opportunity. You don't give occasion opportunity to the flesh. Y'all, the more I dug into this, I'm like, I told my husband again last night. I said, I'm going to bed. Lord, have mercy, I'm going to bed. Lord, help me. Jesus, because I could see everything. You begin to get a clear picture of what's happening. And we sit around and we watch this mess. When we should be speaking truth. Y'all, Facebook is a tool. For you to put your pretty face up there. Now I want you to put your. <sighs> Anybody today with a Facebook account. Turn on your account for me. And turn your phone right at you. Apostle you already got yours on. Who, anybody want to help me out? Nobody want to help me out today? And just look at it and say I'm live. At Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. And I'm learning about the Terminator. Uh One who eliminates. 
one who gets rid of. I learned today he already got rid of all my sin, so I don't have to allow my flesh to come in. Oh, nobody want to do that. Hey, how you doing? See, she's obedient. She took out that phone. That's what you do on Facebook. Tell it like it, T-I-S. Let your friends know I'm live. Now, I ain't telling you to do this to interrupt service, but it's an example today. So when you're home, get live and tell them what you learned today. That's going to help somebody. You will deliver somebody. You will save somebody's life. Nobody want to do that. I might lose friends. Yeah, you might to hell. If they're your friends, give them a piece of the here and now heaven on earth. That's what we have to do. I'm going to continue, and y'all, we, you know we're going to go into it next week. So listen at this. Some people ready for me to shut up right now. 16 said, this I say, then walk in the spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts is against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. It's opposition between flesh and spirit, y'all. You know why? Because the flesh want to dominate. The flesh wants you to oppose the spirit. Which comes through the word of God. Now listen at this. And these are contrary the one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. Y'all don't get it? The flesh don't want you to live according to the word. Now, that's when Paul get to the works of the flesh. He named some first adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. He named all of these works of the flesh because it's dealing with sexual activity. It's dealing with sexual immortality. It's dealing with all of these things that's going on in the world. This is the effect of sin. People think that fornicating is okay. They think that adultery is okay. Fornicating is okay because you know what? That man and woman love me so we can have sex before marriage. Adultery is okay because I ain't got caught with somebody I'm not married to. They think all of this is okay. People that continually act upon these things, they don't see nothing wrong with it because they ain't getting caught. But let me ask you something. Why are you hiding then? Remember Adam and Eve hid from God? If it's okay, why are you hiding? If you want to sleep with somebody else's wife, go on tell them you want to sleep with them. Let the wife tell the man, I'm going to sleep with my lover tonight. Why are you hiding? Because you know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Come on, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't be hiding it. A husband paying another woman bills. Shortchanging his wife and she's trying to do all she can do to make it. Even thinking about another male or female outside of your marriage. Commit the act with them. It's sin. You don't even have to go to the hotel. You're in there in your mind, laying with your own mate. These are the effects of sin. And people say it's okay. Well, I save now. I can still fornicate because he loved me. I save now. I'm missing hell. God done forgave me for that. When that trumpet began to blow, see if your clothes left. Because that that you know to do and you don't do, 
and you get warning after warning to do it, God still love you, y'all. But if you're going to serve him, serve him. People is using grace as a card to do what they want to do. And y'all, look at the works of the flesh. Do y'all know strife? Wrath is in there. Division is in there. And this stuff is in the church, people. We're coming against each other. Can he come together when you're doing things for the kingdom of God? Division in the house. Scrife in the house. Discord in the house. People don't even want to come say I'm sorry or beg each other partner to, 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 to resolve things that they think ain't right. If I think it ain't right, I'm coming to you. If I have any inclination of I hurt Sister Deborah, I ain't leaving this church until I go to her and say, Deborah, Sister Deborah, have I done anything to offend you? And if she tell me no, I'm through with it. I ain't messing with her no more. I done my part. But now she's out there talking about me and I done what I supposed to do. She opened the door to sin. I closed mine. Quit lying to people. If they hurt you, tell them. Quit playing it off. No, 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 I'm okay. No, please. And done told somebody else. They say something else to me. I'm punch them in the face. Look at your neighbor and say, is she talking to you? I'm going to move on down past the works of the flesh because we're going to go back to it. But it tells you how to overcome the works of the flesh. That's why it gives you the fruit of the spirit. You cannot get to those fruit until you know what the works of the flesh is because they are opposing the fruit. Yeah. But guess what? Verse 24. I like verse 24. Listen at this. And they that are Christ have crucified. But they and they that are Christ. Are you Christ? Do you belong to Christ? Well, you have crucified the flesh. How was it crucified? It was nailed to the cross. So when the flesh start acting up, say, wait a minute. You done been crucified. You done got nailed to the cross. So no, you're not operating today. That's why you got to know the word of God. They said the flesh have been crucified with the affections and the lust, with the passions, desires, and cravings. Yes, a male going to have some desires. A woman going to have some desires and cravings. But when you know it got crucified, destroyed, that's what crucified means. You ain't going to let that rise up because the word is going to come and kill it. You can't kill your flesh. Pastor say, take it out there and shoot it. Pastor's going to rise back up. She's saying, shoot it with the word. Because if you shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, it's going to find a way to live. It sure is. Y'all know when you kill a snake, not actually, you cut a snake, it come back together, don't it? Not all of them, but the head still. See, this is what I'm saying. They say you chop the head off, don't you? Ain't that how you kill it? This head can still kill you. Ain't that something? That old slew foot. Ain't ain't that something? So look at the flesh, y'all. You got to crucify the flesh with the word. 
Letting the flesh know you nailed to that cross. You ain't going to be acting up up in here today. I'm not giving you what you're lusting after, what you're craving for. But see, if you so far out there with that flesh, that means you letting the flesh dominate the spirit. So you ain't hearing what the words say. You know how I know you ain't hearing what the words say? Because you ain't in it. Because if you're in the word, when something rise up in you that ain't right, you're going to crucify it. You're going to shut it down quick. You're going to let it know who's in control. If that means fasting, and pray and say, I'm going to get you under subjection. But it takes fasting, prayer, and the word. Not just taking away the food. You got to renew the mind. According to the word of God. So God is saying today, y'all. The church have issues. And we're trying to help somebody else. Let me, let me back up. God can still use you. But you ain't going to be used to the fullest because you're going to run up on something that you're doing and you can't help the person that's doing it because you're feeling guilty so you can't give them the word of life because you ain't following truth yourself. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Don't you go tell somebody something and all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, that's me. Conversation doesn't stop. All right, I get back with you. I get back with you. Because you done got found out. So we still talking about the terminator. The one that eliminates. The one that gets rid of. Jesus is the terminator. He already done got rid of everything y'all. And we know what he's already got rid of. Why are we still participating in it? Because we have not come. To the knowledge. Of the truth. He said, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. This is why y'all were destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And we don't have to be, but we choose to be because we want to do what we're doing. We want to enjoy that life. I'm here to tell y'all, it's time for us to come out of the place that we're in. Because people of the world is watching you. They trying to wait on you to mess up. People watch me every day. They waiting on me to mess up. They waiting to hear about news on my husband, on me, on my children or whatever. But let me tell you something. Everybody is human. This is why I get into my word. Let the word get into me. So if I say something or do something that ain't right, I get it right. Even if the person ain't recognize what I said, the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention to say, now you go take care of that. That way I shut the door so they can't go out and say, I said nothing. Y'all, it's time out for playing church. That's called a hypocrite. That's called a play actor. It's time for us to get into our rightful position because we're here to save those that are lost. And when you know what he's done for you, you're not participating in these acts no more. You coming out even from among them. I'm going to leave this scripture with you, but we're going to go back again. 1 Corinthians, check this out, y'all. This is the church. This is what Paul is saying to the church. 1 Corinthians 5, listen at this. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, meaning that they're not even doing that, that one should have his father's wife. He's talking to the Jews. These are Christians. He said, there's fornication amongst you. You're the church. And ye are puffed up 
and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from amongst you. Meaning that this father's son was fornicating with his wife. The church knew it. They still letting him fellowship. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> For verily, as I'm absent in the body but present in the spirit, he's judging spiritually. Have judged already as though I were present concerning him that have so done this deed. He had to write a letter. Paul wasn't even there. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn them over. He said, turn them over so they can see what they're doing. So they can be saved. We don't uphold people in the church that we know that are fornicating. We have to dismiss them from the body of Christ. That's why counseling stuff come in. Because if you let people know what they're doing is wrong and they continually do what they're wrong, they are dishonoring God. And they're staying amongst the believers, letting the believers know, I fornicate, you can fornicate too. Pastor don't care. Who told you that? I'm like, God, who told you you were naked? So I'm telling you now, Miracle Temple, this will be a series. I don't know how long God's going to take it, but I'm going to stop right there. Because we're going to keep adding and adding and adding until we let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus come on give God a hand clap of praise <laughs> to God be the glory amen could we have um, the ones to come up here with our announcements we'll get through the announcements tithes and offerings and then we will have our dismissal with our blessing Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And if it's anything that was said that you don't understand, I said it, come to me. Don't you go to nobody else.